Lord, thank you so much for this morning. God, I feel your presence already, and you've warmed our hearts. You, you, it's so sweet to be with you in worship, and now, God, it's so wonderful to open your word and hear you speak to us through your word. So I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak. I pray that our ears would be open. Open our deaf ears, God. Open our blind eyes to the wonderful truth in front of us and to the truth that you love us. You want to use us, God. You, you want to gift us, Lord. God, thank you so much because we're so unworthy and I'm so humbled by that, Lord, that you would even think of us in that way. So, Lord, bless your word right now. Speak to us. Anoint it with your spirit. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Hey, the boxing champ, Sugar Ray Leonard, once told a group of students at Harvard, I consider myself blessed. I consider you blessed. We've all been blessed with God-given talents. And then Sugar Ray Leonard said this, Mine just happens to be beating up people. <laughs> Now, I'm not sure if that's a talent that God gives. I came across another list of, of well, gifts uh, people talk about that God gives, gifts that are not in the Bible. Like, first of all, holding a sneeze for the, for the whole duration of the sermon. <laughs> Pronouncing the genealogies in the Bible correctly. I, don't have, I fail in that all the time. Uh, turning to the Old Testament books without looking at the table of contents. <laughs> How about clapping on beat during the praise song? <laughs> I know some of you don't have that gift, but it's okay. Jesus loves you. Uh, teaching the three-year-olds all by yourself in Keiki Church. Now, that, that's, that's a gift. Uh, passing the communion tray one-handed without spilling the juice. Yeah, we'll see today who has that one. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, untwisting the cellophane wrapped candy during the sermon without making any noise. Now, that's not a gift. That's a miracle. That's what I call it. Well, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? What does the Bible really say about it? Well, as we continue our study through the book of 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, now writing to the Corinthian believers, clarifies the confusion that had been going on in the worship service about the spiritual gifts of what they are and what they are really for. So this morning, we're going to be studying the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that's the title this morning, The Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is going to be part one. I was really trying to put it all together. We're going to be studying 1 Corinthians chapter 12 now from verse 1 through 7. But I was trying to reach to verse 11 with the list, but I was like, oh, a little bit too much. I didn't want to push it. So our last outline is going to be broken up into two parts. But our title is The Gifts of the Holy Spirit, Part 1, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 through 7. And our outline is this. Number one, the real experience. Number two, the real source. And number three, the real manifestations. And we're only going to get part way of outline number three there this morning. All right, let's begin now here. The real experience. Number one in our outline, the real experience. 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, verse 1. Paul writes, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. We'll stop right there. We begin now with Paul 
writing this word now. We came across with that last week even. Now marks a new issue to talk about. Remember, Paul's been addressing things in this letter to the Corinthian believers about a lot of things that have been going wrong with the church. And now he says, now, okay, we're going to go on to this new issue concerning spiritual gifts. So he's going to be talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and that they should not be ignorant. Now the word there means like misunderstand. They should not misunderstand about the spiritual gifts. So Paul's going to clarify things about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now this is the third thing of this next section of the book of 1 Corinthians we've been studying. You remember when we crossed over into this, the first thing was that issue about culturally wearing head coverings which were dishonoring God as they worshiped the Lord. So remember there's this issue and problems with the worship service going on in the Corinthian church and, and we covered that. And then the second issue last time was dishonoring the Lord Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross while they worship with the cup and bread in communion. Communion. They were the title of last week's message was they were inconsiderate in communion. So you could grab the CDs on those messages. So in this whole whole section that we're studying, Paul's addressing these problems, these things that were going on when they were worshiping the Lord. So he's going one by one through them. And now the third issue concerns the proper exercise of spiritual gifts in the worship service. See, things were, were really out of control. They're really chaotic. And that did not glorify the Lord. So Paul makes sure they do not misunderstand. They, they, they're not ignorant. That they really understand and, and not disrespect God by their, or disrespect God by their misuse of the spiritual gifts. God, uh, Paul's just making sure, hey, this is worship. We're coming before the Lord. And so we want to handle these things right. Now, Paul starts all this with saying in verse 2, look, he says, You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. So remember, as we come into verse 2, Paul is speaking to the Corinthian believers. That's who he's writing to. And Corinth is a, is a Greek, it's a Gentile city. So he's writing to mainly their Gentiles. And, he, and so he's speaking to these Corinthian believers who were unsaved, they were once unsaved Gentiles. And they were once, Paul says here, carried away. Those words in the original language basically mean they were led astray. They're led astray to follow, and he puts here, dumb idols. Now the word dumb here really is an old word for being mute or, or speechless. So he's saying these speechless idols. Now we understand and we've been studying 1 Corinthians that idols are really nothing, right? They're just pieces of wood or stone formed in some sort of image. And, and they can't really speak in the sense they can't really speak the truth about God. So the idea here, Paul is saying, hey, you guys used to be led away to idols that could never really respond to you, really never respond to your deepest needs. One commentator said, no idol can answer a person's questions, give him revelation, assure him of truth, forgive him of sin, or endow him or give him peace. And it's so true. It's only the Lord. So Paul's saying, hey, these, these, these things were nothing. You were once led away in that way. You used to worship them and all that, but they were really nothing. 
Verse 3, he says now, Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So Paul says, therefore, since you know that these idols are false, they have nothing to do with God, they're, they're, they're nothing, right? You know that. Then you know that no one who claims to be speaking by the Spirit of God is going to curse the Lord or is, is, is going to call Jesus a curse or, or like disrespect him or, or put him down or dishonor him. The idea is no one who claims to be speaking by the Spirit will ever, ever disrespect or dishonor Jesus. You know, Jesus told the disciples in John 16, 14, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. And who was he speaking about? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he will glorify me. So no one really speaking by the Holy Spirit isn't going to disrespect or dishonor Jesus at all. And Paul adds this. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. What is he talking about? Well, understand, first of all, anyone can with mouth the words, right? Anyone can just say, oh, yeah, Jesus is Lord. And remember, Jesus even, even rebuked and mentioned, hey, you guys call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say, you know? So anyone could say that word. So Paul's not talking about that. He's talking about believers who have come to faith. Believers who have really, really come to salvation and know who Jesus is. He's Lord God. Yeah? He, he is the Lord. The idea is you cannot genuinely acknowledge and honor Jesus as Lord God unless the Holy Spirit is in you. You know, I think about the Jehovah's Witnesses who do not believe that Jesus is God. They do not believe that he was God come in the flesh as a man to die on the cross. They don't. They hide that from you. If you confront them, they'll, they'll, they'll mention it. But they, oh, we're Christians. I tell them, no, you're not. What? No, you're not. You don't believe Jesus is God. That's the only, only way. Matter of fact, they don't even believe in the Trinity. And if you think about it, they don't have the Holy Spirit because they don't really believe Jesus is God. So they cannot be speaking for God, right? So why is Paul even saying this to the Corinthian believers? Why, why is this even important, you know, about, hey, you, you can't dishonor Jesus or, or, you know, no one can say Jesus is Lord, really saying in, in that sense uh, without the Holy Spirit? Well, because of what was going on in the church worship service. That's why. This is why Paul is saying it. See, their service was so chaotic. It was so disorderly. It, it was so crazy stuff going on in the, in the worship time that many unbelievers would walk in to their service thinking that it was just another pagan service, another pagan worship service. See, back then, the pagan rituals in the pagan temple, they would get all wild and crazy, and they would, they would run around, they would do crazy stuff. Even they got drunk, even in that. And in honor of their idol, they would shout to their idol, they would say things, you know, to the idol and all that. And so you can imagine in 
a Christian worship service. And these guys went too wild, the Corinthian believers, that they, you know, unbelievers walk in thinking, whoa, this must be another thing like down the street. And so we'll just join in. And perhaps they yelled out and, and praised their idol, yeah, and not Jesus. That would be calling Jesus a curse. You're calling something else, another idol God would be calling Jesus a curse. So unbeliever would come into church, join in the chaotic worship, just like at the pagan temple, and you know what? They could not tell the difference from the pagan temple from here. So Paul's trying to divide some things here. Yeah, oh, this, and, and probably it was confusing to some of the Christians too or the new believers like, oh, this guy's, you know, I remember going to pagan temple and we felt something, right? Demons behind the idols, right? And now look, oh, it's all in the Christian church too and they're calling out idols. Is it all one in the same? It was confusing. It was confusing. And so with all that and the problem carnal Christians, all that, the worship got all corrupted and perverted and it got all wild in that way so paul's trying to bring back the order paul's trying to bring back the focus and and god is not a god a god of confusion or he is a god of order that's that's all the thought we're going to see down the road over here so here's what paul's saying all in all the real experience with the holy spirit will never disrespect jesus but honor him now as the Lord God. The real experience with the Holy Spirit will never disrespect Jesus, but honor Him as the Lord God. We understand as believers, right? When we come to the Lord, we receive Jesus Christ, we pray the prayer, we give Him our heart, right? We come to Jesus in faith, right? Because we believe He is God. God the Son, right, who came down to the earth in the flesh to die on a cross for our sins so we can be forgiven. We understand that, right? So we believe that's, that's what, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, John 3, 16. So that, that's, that's how we're saved as we give him his heart. And then as we, we give him our heart, the Holy Spirit comes into us and he regenerates us, give us an, a new life, right? The Spirit of God comes in us because we're cleansed now. And now the Spirit is in us. The Spirit is speaking to us. And, and so well, there's new person with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is in there witnessing, speaking to us, telling us, hey, Jesus is the Lord God. And, and so, so with the Spirit, that's what we understand. So the real experience with the Holy Spirit will never disrespect Jesus but honor Him as the Lord God. You know, years ago, uh, someone was telling me about, uh, this is a long, long time ago, about a, a, a worship and prayer service. I, mean, I don't know. We, we used to call it afterglows. You know, a lot of times um, we, we're going to the afterglow or after the Saturday night concerts, we go to the afterglow and, and it'd just be a time of worship and prayer and letting the Holy Spirit move and, and, and the gifts and everything, every exercise. And we used to go to the afterglow. But after, uh, this friend was telling me about this worship and prayer service at this other church where people were exercising their gifts and stuff. And then one person seemed to give a word, quote unquote, from the Spirit saying this. Jesus is like X, X-lax. Is that my X-lax. X-lax? Yeah. Jesus is like X-lax. X-lax. In, in that he wants to cleanse your body and make you whole. 
And you guys know what X-lax is, right? You know, relieves constipation, right? And all that. So he's saying, yeah, Jesus is like that. And that was the word from the Lord. Well, the pastor leading the service got up, went up, uh, leading after go and says, hey, you guys, let's stop for a second. This is going too far. We need to be careful to speak what the Spirit is saying, not your thoughts. And I thought that was so good because... The spirit would never disrespect Jesus in that way, you know, bring him down to a level that he's some constipation medication. That's, that's just strange, you know. That, that's going too far. That's not the Holy Spirit. So you can imagine different kind of things like that going on, but Paul's saying, hey, the real experience of the Holy Spirit will never disrespect Jesus but honor him as the Lord God. You guys, we must be careful too. We must be careful. Some of you are gifted with some things, but be careful. Yeah, in our worship prayer times or be careful. Even, even what, what you say, I mean, is it what the Spirit is saying or is it what you feel? Yeah. Is it what the Spirit is putting in your heart? Does it glorify God? Is it really about Him or does it put Him down? Is it, is it scriptural? It has to be scriptural because the Holy Spirit spoke through all, all the apostles who, who wrote, right? Through the Word of God. So it has to be scriptural. And, and what's scriptural glorifies God, glorifies Jesus. So is it scriptural or is it your own thoughts or your own perceptions? And we can get that mixed up. The pastor was greeting the people at the door after the service. A woman said, Pastor, it was a very good sermon. And the pastor says, Oh, I have to give the credit to the Holy Spirit. And then a woman replied, Oh, it wasn't that good. <laughs> Sometimes we have our own perceptions, right? Right? And believe me, I, that's what I pray, God, you know, as I share this morning and every morning. God, don't let it be me. You know, let it be about Jesus. Let it be about you. Because if you leave here thinking of me, I failed. I failed. But if you leave here thinking more of Jesus, then God has used me. Well, let's go on now to number two, the real source. The real source. We've seen number one, the real experience. Now we go to the real source as we get into understanding the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the real source. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 now. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. We'll stop here, okay? Paul now, he goes on to say, concerning now these spiritual gifts, there are diversities. That word diversities actually means appointments or distributions. In other words, there's varieties. I like to put varieties in there. There's a varieties of gifts. There's varieties of gifts that are given out. It's not just the same thing, oh, you know, everyone has the same thing. No, there's a variety of gifts that are given out. Now, in this chapter or this section yeah we're gonna see like nine of them and we're we're gonna go over them next time but Ephesians lists and gifts and Romans when we studied those books we went over those gifts also but there's a varieties of gifts varieties of gifts that have been distributed or appointed so Paul says there are varieties or diversities of gifts but even though there's different gifts that are given out they're all from the same spirit the Holy Spirit so Paul's just trying to bring it all into this thought that idea as though there's a variety of spiritual gifts it all comes from one source just one source and the real source that's the Holy Spirit. And that's why we call it the gifts of the Spirit, right? Gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, as, before we move on here, understand why they are called gifts of the Holy Spirit. Actually, the word here, gift, is a Greek word, charisma. Charisma. And it's the same word that in the other places in the New Testament that's been translated grace. Grace. Interesting, right? So sometimes it's translated grace, and here it's translated gifts. So if we understand that, then we know that the gifts of the Spirit is grace given to us, right? We know charisma is grace, and grace is a gift. We don't earn it or anything. So here's, here's one thing I want you to understand. By God's pure grace, the Holy Spirit, like grace gifts us. He, the gifts are grace. They're given. They're just given to you. That means they're not earned. Can we earn grace? No. What is grace? What, what's, what's our def- definition, right? Undeserved favor, right? We don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. We didn't work for it. We weren't, you know, like a, 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 a good person or, or, or maybe you just have a good personality. I can give you this one. No, it's just pure grace. God just gives it out. Not earned, not at all. So the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, understand that first of all, it's just given by grace. It's not earned. There's another thing you got to clarify here in your mind. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not talents. They're not talents. They're not talents or like natural abilities. A lot of times that's how we define talents, right? Natural abilities. I mean, think about it. Whether you're saved or not saved, you're going to have some natural talents, right? You might be good at baseball or you're, you're you know, good at paddling because you have this natural talent. Well, the gifts are given after you're saved. They're given to believers, right? So unsaved could be good at baseball, but, uh, you know, saved one too. Either way, they're not the natural abilities at all. But understand, the spiritual gifts comes after we're saved and the Holy Spirit comes into our Life. So this, so you know what? If it's not our natural talent and it's just given to us, it's not earned. Understand, the spiritual gift that God gives us is supernatural. It's a supernatural ability from the Holy Spirit himself. You're not born with it. You didn't learn it. You, you, you didn't uh, earn it at all. It's just a gift by grace given to you, this supernatural thing that comes upon you. That's why it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Someone put it this way. When we rely on organizations, organization, we get what organizations can do. When we rely, we rely upon education, we get what education can do. But when we rely on the Holy Spirit, we get what God can do. It's supernatural. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's like, whoa, whoa. It's, it's nothing of you. It's just given. So understand that. Since the real source, right, of this gift is not, not me, not you, right? It doesn't come from, it's the Holy Spirit. It's given. It's not earned. It's grace. It's not a talent, but a supernatural ability. And that's why the gift can do amazing things, Right? amazing miracles. You know what I think about is Pastor Greg Laurie. 
He does the Harvest Crusades on the mainland. And I used to help him with his computers and stuff when I was over there. And uh, I'm amazed how, here's Pastor Greg Laurie, uh, how the Holy Spirit gave him this gift of evangelism. It's one of the gifts in Ephesians that are listed. I mean, he gives a message, simple message, and thousands come to receive Jesus. They come forward to pray the prayer. His, his, his ability to, to just speak certain words and, and, and it, it just gets anointed and energized by the Holy Spirit. It's not himself. It's not any talent. It's, it, it's none of that, but a gift that God has given him. That's the supernatural. That's God doing it, not a talent or yourself or anything like that. Now, understand this too. Sometimes God will blend a talent with the gifting. That happens though. Sometimes, uh, uh, you know, maybe you have a natural talent. Like I, I, uh, one of the worship leaders over in Okinawa, Pastor Tommy, uh, he, he learned guitar at some time, you know, and he's good at it. He can play guitar and he has this natural talent for playing guitar. But God has gifted him also, I'll tell you what, I'll sit, you know, we'll go to different conferences and sit and worship the Lord. But certain standout people will touch my heart. They have this gift. There's something about when they play, and it may not even be fancy stuff. It's just simple. They're just anointed, and it's powerful. And right away, you're like, <laughs> you know. You're just brought into the throne room of God. That's that anointing. That's that energizing. That's that gift to lead people into the very throne room of God. That's how God uses people in a powerful way. So you may have a talent, a natural ability, or you may have learned guitar or something, but it's nothing until the Spirit touches it and the gift is upon you. Which says, just because you play an instrument doesn't mean you're supposed to lead worship, right? It's a calling and it's a giftedness that God does on people. So understand those things. Verse 5, Paul goes on and he says, There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Okay, the word differences here in the New King James is the same Greek word as diversities. It's the same thing, varieties, distributions, appointments. So there's varieties of ministries. Now the word ministries in the New Testament, ministry or ministries, comes from the Greek word which means to serve. And I always tell my guys, you know what? Ministry means serve or a minister means servant. So we're servants. We're not up here for everyone to serve us. No, we're servants. So, so, so the gifts are to serve the body when exercised, and especially as Paul's talking about here in context, in worship, in the, the, the uh, service, in the worship service. So this variety of gifts to serve the body with the ministries, it's given by, and then he says, but the same Lord. And who's the Lord? Jesus, right? So the Lord orders this. The Lord, it, I mean, it, it all comes from God anyway. And, and it, the, I, I look at it as, well, the Spirit, it comes from the Spirit, but the Lord, Jesus, orders it. So the idea is gifts may differ in how we minister to one another, but it's all the Lord who is doing it. That's, a, that's the idea here. Think about it this way. You may have the gift of teaching, but your ministry may be to the kiki. 
Yeah. You may have the gift of teaching or, or the ministry of teaching uh, or the gift of teaching, but your ministry will be to the teenagers, the youth. Or maybe your gift of teaching will be used at a Bible college or seminary. Maybe you're more that type. Or maybe your gift of teaching is with the adults in church. You see, there's different ministries yeah you may be gifted with this teaching but there's there a variety of ministries according to what the lord will like but you know what the great thing about that is you may be there may be several people maybe three people are gifted in teaching but like fingerprints your gifting is unique to who you are God blends you and your gift and all that and, and your personality and everything. And that's, I love that. It's not a cookie-cutter thing. You're not like a robot, you know. But you're gifted in this way to teach, say, for example, and to communicate God's Word. And I think about how God used different writers to communicate scriptures that we hold in our hands in our Bibles today. And, and, and if, you, if you really study, I don't know if you noticed it as we've been studying the Bible, each writer has a, has a different way they, they write. I mean, Paul's like, kink, 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 you know, really, really like, you know, organized. Peter's like all over the place, you know. John, remember First John? Oh, love, love. Love, you know, kind of thing. James, a little more black and white. Everyone, ha you know, it's all the Word of God, but in how they write and communicate, it's, it's what I learned a long time ago, truth through personality. And so, the, so you may be gifted in, in, in the same thing, but your personality makes it so unique, which is so encouraging to me because I'm crazy and anyway and not like other great teachers but I, I think I thank the Lord oh God no matter you can still use me you know kind of thing <laughs> uh, one pastor said every person has a unique blend of giftedness that makes them them I like that <laughs> I received that thank you Lord all right, verse 6, Paul then says, And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Now the word activities, diversities, we've gone over that, varieties, right, distributions. Activities is the Greek word en energemo, which means like workings. It, it, it's where we actually get our word energized or energy from so it's the work it's the power it speaks about the abilities and the empowering of the gifts and so this enabling is from the same God Paul writes here who works all in all so God who works in everybody who in their gifts he's the one who gives that ability he gifts everyone with the ability to do what what they're gifted at and what they're gifted at is what supernatural supernatural uh, and and understand this god will even work energize them given the power some have multiple giftings it's not like oh you're rationed only one sorry you know kind of thing no some people have multiple gifts and, and the Spirit will work in, in certain ways one time and another way another time. So it could be multiple gifts. So in all in all, Paul's saying is God's gifting is God's enablement. God's gifting is God's enablement here in verse 6. Jesus told the disciples in Acts 1, 8, but you shall receive what? Power. 
Power, the Greek word is dunamos, dynamite. Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Uh, I don't know if you notice here, in these three verses, we see the Trinity, right? The Spirit, we see the Lord Jesus, and we see God the Father in verse 6. So, even though there are various gifts, it is all one God who is the real source of it all. So understand, right? The gifting, right, is given. It's not earned, right? It's not a talent. It's supernatural. It's unique to you. It's not cookie cutter. And it's not from you. It's all of God. So what is Paul saying in this section? Well, the real source of the supernatural gift is not from you, but from the miracle-working power of God in your life. So get that into your minds. Don't confuse like talents and you know all that. You, you know sometimes um, some people give you like, well, well we're going to give you a questionnaire so we know where to put you in church and so where you can serve and we'll 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 see where you're gifted in. You know, and and that's okay but for me it's, it's more than that it's more than our talents or natural abilities or what we lean to so the real source of the supernatural gift is not from you but from the miracle working power of God in your life Spurgeon said without the spirit of God we can do nothing we are as ships without the wind branches without sap and like coals without fire and then he said we are useless it is God who does the work. It is God who gives the gift that does that supernatural. Now, as we're talking about that, have you ever given thought to that? Have you ever given thought to that? God wants to give you a gift from the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been open to even receiving that? I know as we get into this and even next week, some of this stuff is going to be like, whoa, I, I don't know. Some of you are like, I, I'm not sure. This, this is like hocus pocus stuff, Pastor Rick. I, I'm not sure about this, you know. I mean, oh, when I'm in one of those afterglows, I feel a little bit uncomfortable, you know. And, and, uh, and I understand, but I want you to be open to this. I want you to be open to the miracle, the supernatural work that God does. I mean, Paul's talking about it here in the Word. So as we're in it, I want you to really be praying and be open to it and be thinking, wow, Lord, do you have something maybe for me? Maybe I, I, I need to be, uh, be mindful of this and connected with the Spirit. Some of you maybe have been to churches where, where they believe, oh, no, the gifts have died away, you know, and it was the sign gifts were only for the early church and now no more. You know, I, I believe that the gifts are for today. I, I believe, I, and we're going to get into this. I don't believe we've we got to go way crazy kind of thing. And Paul brings some order, right? But I believe that the gifts are today. And I believe because I've felt it. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in other people. Yeah, I've been in the services. I, I've seen miracles taking place right in front of my eyes. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's all glorifying God. Yeah. So it's real. It's, it's for, for today. So I just challenge you guys and just keep an open heart to all of this as we're going through this. 
But be careful, because many times we look into ourselves and try to see how God would like to use us. And sometimes we think, oh, I, I don't think I could do that. You know, because we see our own weaknesses and failure. But it's not by your strength. It's not by your power. It's grace given. And yeah, we should have a right heart. We should take care of sin and, and things that, you know, we haven't made right with the Lord. Yeah, that's important. And it, but, but it's something the Lord does, yeah, not you. It's God who comes upon you. Some of you already, you know you're gifted. Some of you already have, have this gift, and you know what I'm talking about, and you know, and you feel it, and you know it's the Spirit, and you can say like me, it's not me. <laughs> it's not me. I mean, I'll give you an example about God's gifting, me. I'll tell you, I would not be here, right here, standing right here in front of you if not for the Holy Spirit, not for Jesus in my life. I would not be up here. I've told you guys before, when I was growing up, I was the shyest Japanese kid in the whole world. I wouldn't speak a word, you know, in public. No ways. No ways. It's not my talent. I'm not a public speaker. There's some guys who are really talented they're born like oh they can really talk not me i can't pronounce words i can i, I can't say x lax oh hey i said it but yeah yeah you know i i it's i i fumble i'm i say oh moses i'm like you oh I, my i can't talk you want to use me lord no way that's the lord it's god doing it. it's his power Everything you see, and if you go home blessed, that's the Lord. My mistakes, that's me. But, the, but if you go home spoken to blessed, that's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. I always think, wow, Lord, I, 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 I stand up here and I look out and I say, wow, look, for some reason, they keep coming back. I don't know why, you know. <laughs> I think it's a miracle every Sunday that happens, Really? So it's not you. The real source is that supernatural gift. It's given by the Holy Spirit. It's that miracle working of the power of God in your life. But, but we got to be open to it. we got to be connected to the Holy Spirit. A missionary was given a car to help his work, and the car was great, but it had one problem. It wouldn't start. But the missionary, he coped with it. He would make sure there was friends around, like, you know, his neighbors he can grab early in the morning. The kids would help him push the car. Uh, if he went and met someone or, or the store, he make sure he parked on a little incline so he could just drop it in neutral and then, you know, jumpstart the car. For two years, he ran the car this way. Well, he started getting sick. Poor health uh, forced him that he had to go back home. And so when the new missionary came to take his place, he showed him the car that God had blessed him with, told him what was going on, how to start the car and everything. Well, the new guy said, well, just wait, wait just try away. And he went, opened the hood, looked inside, and he goes, why? You know what? I believe the problem is this loose cable. So he fiddled it with it a little bit, turned something, and then the engine started right up. What was the problem? The power to start the car was there the whole time. It just had a loose cable. It had to be connected. And that's the key. You got to be connected, you guys. Connected to the Spirit. Well, let's move on to number three now, the real manifestations, the real manifestations. And uh, this is our last verse this morning. Next week, we're going to finish off to this outline heading to verse 11. But just the first 
part of this section is verse 7. The real manifestations, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So Paul says the manifestations, that word means like what's made evident, what's made known. The gifts, what? They show the miracle power of God. So these manifestations of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, is given to each one, each believer for what? For the profit of all. The ESV translates this for the common good, like for the benefit of all. The NLT says, so we can help each other. In other words, Paul is saying the miracle work of the gifts of the Spirit are to what? Build each other up. It's not for self-gain. It's to build each other up, not build yourself up. It's not to show off. It's not to take that and, oh, look how spiritual, you know, I am, that kind of thing. No, this is the purpose of the gifts. This is it for the profit of all. Now, Paul really needed to say this. As we have seen in this letter, remember the Corinthians were so carnal, so worldly, so prideful, right? I'm a Paul. No, I'm a Apollos, right? So prideful. They, they, they were so selfish, always self-gained, self-thinking, always about themselves. So Paul wanted to make sure they knew what this was because they were taking the gifts and even like selfishly promoting themselves, selfishly building themselves up. They wanted to parade the gifts as spiritual medals and badges of, uh, of their spirituality and the, for their pride. But that's not what the gifts are for, right? They are to build up. They're in benefit for the body, not showing up. They're for ministry, right? They're for others. I mean, you can imagine this chaotic, problematic church. The worship service is going. They're abusing the gifts, exercising them for their own glory. Think about, hey, maybe their worship leaders are, are, are up there. Hey, look at me. See how I can play, you know. Look at me. I'm a great worship leader. Yeah, you feel the anointing yet? You know, kind of. You can imagine things like that going on rather than look to Jesus, look to Jesus. Stealing the glory, right, rather than giving the glory. So when God gives you, we are to accept it in humility. Warren Wiersbe said we accept our gifts with humility. Then we use them to promote harmony. I like that. Humility and harmony. So the real manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit should always be about helping and serving others, not self. That's our last point. The real manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit should always be about helping and serving others, not self. Years ago, uh, there was a woman in our church, and she was coming to our church for many years until she moved to the mainland. And... and uh, uh, she was really sweet. She loved the Word of God. She ate up the Word of God. She loved to come to our worship and prayer nights. And, and, and she would give a, a word from the Lord here and then and, and in some of the services and all. But, but, and sometimes she would share it. Sometimes she'd just keep it to herself. And I, I remember one time after a worship and prayer service, um, I was talking to someone in the church, and she came up, and, and she looked at the individuals like, you know what, the Lord gave me a word that... 
you know, God really wants to use you in evangelism and not to, not to be shy and really step out. And the amazing thing is we were just talking about that, you know. So it's just the Holy Spirit gave her that, that word and encouragement for that person. But you know what? I have to tell you, every time she, she, she would say that, like when she told this individual, or, or sometimes she would call me with a word, or she'd write a letter, to and, and give me a to the paper but she'd always be humble she'd go well I, I you know I, I felt like the Lord gave me this and you know and and he, here it is you know but she was real humble about it and it wasn't like hey God told me this and that about you you better you know kind of thing the Lord said this kind of thing no it's just she was real humble it wasn't about you know her or lifting herself up or she didn't want anyone to know those kinds of things that that's that's what it's about. It's about other people, ministering, helping people, the real manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. It, it should always be about helping and serving others, not self. It's about being humble. She was always humble, never pushed herself, never was about herself at all. Well, think about the gifts this way. Whatever your gift is, is it about you? Don't make it about you. If that miracle of power makes you feel good about yourself, you know what? That's not what it's for. If that miracle working power to give makes you feel accepted, like I'm someone, that's not what it's for. It's not for you. It's about uh, for other people. If that miracle working power makes you think you're spiritually above others, oh, I have this gift, so I'm more spiritual. See, God gave me this. No, that's pride. And that's not what it's about. If that miracle-working power makes you focus on that gift, we, we can do that. We can focus on the gift so much that, that you're just focused on the gift. Understand, it's not about the gift. It's about who? Jesus, right? Glorifying him. If that miracle-working power makes you think you should be up on stage, that's pride. If, if that miracle working power makes you want to exercise it on everyone, yeah? Oh, I got this gift. Now I'm going to do my thing on you and do my thing on you. Come here. Let me talk to you. Oh, Lord, has a word for you. No. It's about you, right? It's not following the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift God gives, but the Spirit leads you what to do with it, when to say it. That's what it's about. Paul's real straight here. The real man manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit should always be about helping and serving others. It's not about you. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about the will of God. It's about others. It's, it, it, we are to be humble about it. It's not for us. You know, in Ephesians 5.18, it says, And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, in that verse, there's a contrast, right? Don't be drunk with wine. In other words, don't be under the influence, right? Don't be controlled, right, with the alcohol. No, who are we to be controlled by? The Holy Spirit. Who are to, we to be under the influence of? The Holy Spirit. So if there's anything you, you remember today, as I said earlier, be connected to the Holy Spirit, but also be submitted to the Holy Spirit with your gifts, connected and submitted to Him. 
Well, we're going to stop here today. We're going to go on with the list of gifts. You can see that. We're going to cover those next week. Um, we're going to cover the, these real manifestations of the Spirit, what they are. But let us be reminded, right, the purpose is for the body of Christ, not yourself. And the Spirit will always glorify Jesus. I'll close with this poem. And it was, it's on Pride, actually, by a... Uh, a. Dudley Dennison Jr. He's, he wrote, Sometime when you're feeling important, sometime when your ego's way up, sometime when you take it for granted that you're the prize-winning pup, sometime when you feel that your absence will leave an unfillable hole, just follow these simple instructions and see how it humbles your soul. Take a bucket and fill it with water. Put your hand in it up to your wrist. Now pull it out fast and the hole that remains is the measure of how you'll be missed. <laughs> you may splash all you please as you enter and stir up the water galore, but stop and you'll find in a minute it's back where it was before. God could gift anybody. Yeah. It's not about us. He does want to use you, but it's not about us. It's about Jesus and his will and what the Holy Spirit wants. See, these gifts are so amazing and powerful, it's easy for the flesh to take credit. It's easy to puff up our pride. But think about whose gifts are they really? Where do they come from? Whose are they? They are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word today, God. As we study it, you speak to us, Lord. As we open it up and we, we dive into it, God, and we understand it, Lord, you communicate your truth to us and we understand and we come to a place where, okay, Lord, I see. You correct wrong thinking. You correct our course, Lord. And with that, Lord, we want to, have the right thinking on truth and uh, with the right thinking we'll have the right heart before you and Jesus as we come to you Lord at the end of this message Lord we want to have the right heart and an open heart Jesus help us today God help us to be right with you Lord Help us, God, to be connected to your spirit and help us to be submitted to your spirit. Help us to be in that place where when you gift us, Lord, with the gifts you want us to have, Lord, we're not fighting you against it and we're not abusing it, but, Lord, we are using it for the purposes, Lord, that you have ordained. So, Jesus, here we are, open vessels, Lord, Emptying ourselves, Lord, emptying ourselves ourself, Lord, so that we can be filled with more of you and your Holy Spirit right now. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.